to Gamer's Table, a podcast discussion of tabletop role-playing games, war games, movies, books, and various other related topics. Be warned, this show contains explicit material that may not be suitable for all audiences. Hello and welcome to Gamer's Table. This is Eric. This is Mike. This is Dan. This is Mark. This is Jason. Today we're going to talk about power gaming versus role-playing. Are they mutually exclusive? Depends right. on how old you are. Interesting. That's an interesting statement that I think we can work through. Because uh, I don't think it is age-based. Well, see, I, I don't know. And we're talking, of course, about power gaming, tabletop role-playing. Video games are essentially power games in and of themselves. Right. And yeah. there are two fronts of the miniatures gaming world. There are power list gamers as opposed to fluff-style gamers. And that would be me. Mike, you're you're a fluff style gamer for Mike's 40k. You're saying for 40k, yes. For 40k, all right. Okay. Winning, yeah. winning is secondary to me. Just goofing around. And that's because you play orcs. This is true. It's, that's it's what makes in. it easy. And snotlings to, to not be else? a power. Game. Yeah, well, there's snotlings. They're they're you know right. they're still grown from the same seed. So to well, speak. I guess my point is when we first started playing, just another point of reference. Mike, Eric, and myself have been playing together since 1984. Right. Lunchroom, junior high Nerds. We were huge nerds. We were in the middle of the table. On one end were preppy kids. On the other end were scummy kids. That means nothing. What do you mean it means nothing? <laughs> what difference does that make? I'm just saying. It was, no, we, our, the table we sat at in I the lunchroom. I used to hang out with the scummy kids. You, you are kind of a scummy kid. <laughs> what I'm saying is our table in the lunchroom was kind of a microcosm of school. Ah, okay. You see what I'm saying? I see. Preps You're, at one end, scums at the other. You know? Okay. When, According to the other people I went to high school with, I was classified as a dirt rocker. And I still don't know what that is. A dirt rocker? A dirt rocker. I have never heard that term. That's like Kid life. Rock, dude. Kid Rock is a dirt rocker. He's You're a, a dirty dirt- motherfucker. He does not rock. I don't care what he says. Okay. Eric, were you about to tell the story about passing my trapper keeper down the table to the scummy kids? Is that what you were about to say? No, I was not. Oh. So I almost no. got my ass kicked that day. No, I'm pretty Thank sure none much. of this has anything to do. It's not all about you. It's not even a tangent. No, it's not even a tangent. I don't even know what it's it is. It's a dead end road right there. That's right. Well, anyway, my point is don't when, when we first started playing together in the seventh grade, yeah. I think uh, the box set that I got from a kid that I bought the stuff from at school had a bunch of characters that he had made. Right, and I just started playing those characters. They yeah. were all like thirty fifth level and fortieth level, and you know that kind of crazy stuff. Okay, and, you know when you're a kid, it's all about as the opposed stats to the new thirty fifth level. And do you think that's power gaming or role stuff. playing? That was definitely power I gaming. Think as a child, the mentality is more like I, I want to role play a powerful character. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't but think it I also was, have that thing as an adult. I would also like to role play a power. I don't think level has anything to do with being a power gamer because I've seen some really low level characters that were powerful. I think power gaming has more to do with knowledge of the rules. Power and gaming wa- and wanting to literally break the rules. rules. rules I, I think power I think we're gaming. Referring to Deuce, oh, yeah. okay. Deuce well, is definitely no. a power gamer. Right, power right, gaming, I, I think, can be best defined as. The thought that you can win an RPG. Yes, that too. Yeah. You know, I mean, you win by being the baddest, clear the fight the fastest. That's the video game tabletop mini mentality is the most damage output, trying to win as fast as possible. Whereas the role playing mentality, you're trying to build something over a long term. Well, and I think that was my point, though, that I think that was where I was going was in the seventh, eighth grade, maybe freshman high school. I didn't really differentiate one character from another. You know, I was just rolling the dice and playing the game. And you get older, you get more sophisticated. No, this character is, you know, he's a, he's an elf from the forest and he loves 
unicorns or whatever. Beautiful picture. A gay elf I, I don't. I don't remember this character, but I think I would have liked to ran with him. I like where you're headed with this. That's my next guy. Oh, awesome. Well, power gaming is why like nobody plays druids, right? From um, and I guess we're speaking. No, no, from, no, 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 no. Uh, see, see, you just because Deuce made a three point five druid that was insane. Yeah, the old hag with the nine wolves. I wasn't even talking about that. Oh. Mike, didn't, yep. Mike didn't let him play it because it was a ooze master or some bull oh where God. he could turn himself into a, like gelatinous a cube or some a colossal size, colossal size gelatinous cube, and he could do thousands of points of damage. Colossal. That's like the size of Godzilla, right? It's Godzilla. And the worst right. part is, it was not an original idea. It was something he got off of a power gaming forum. Yeah. Right. right. Well, it's when the Magic the Gathering deck. Builders oh. came to the Wizards of the Coast character building forums. I think there is a. I mean, there was always power gaming because let us all forget it's definitely skills and powers that yeah. ruined AD and D. Basically, it did. It You're ruined about players' it. option because powers' option was purely about higher damage output. Well, it, it was it was about optimizing your character. But you right. don't you don't play D and D to play a guy who makes shoes. Unless you're Eric. Why not? Why not? There's really bad to make shoes. shoes. You play Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay. <laughs> but that's because, <laughs> that's because, a fun because game. you're randomly told that you have to do that. It's a, the only one I no, no, I the game. That's only because you like, always have to play a charcoal burner. It's a, it's a good game. You just didn't get the good rolls. Well, you see, Warhammer Fantasy is not a good system for people who don't want to play with what life deals them. Well, see, that's why I role play. If I, if I wanted to play with what life has dealt me, I would just hang out by myself all the time. No, you play yourself for a while. Right. Play myself for you gotta, a while. You got <laughs> to cool off. There's play yourself for a while. Right. right. But well, no, no, but Warhammer Fantasy is about transcending your meager beginnings and becoming an epic badass. See, the American dream does not work even in role play. American dream hasn't worked for about 40 years. I, I hate to break this to you. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It doesn't even work in role play. All right, to but, getting, getting back on topic, I agree with Mike in that... You can't be a power gamer unless you know the rules, because it's all about exploiting the rules to become bigger than everybody else on the table. You know, right. especially if you're playing a set adventure, maybe like a book adventure or like a adventure path or something like that. They're made for average characters, not super badass power gamed characters. And I've made my share of power game characters. I mean, one character comes to mind, and it, the main reason I made that character was because I made the fluff character right before that. I was playing a elven wizard who all he was interested in was cataloging his adventures, essentially being Chronicles and writing down all the stuff that was going on, and in the process uh, was killed. And as I bled to death, my friends left me. Oh. Well, then that would uh, mean they weren't hold not on, your hold friends. On. What character was this? Uh, the, professor. the professor. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. I I was killed in a hallway, and as I bled to death, the character, the other characters walked away, and I was like, "Who's oh. I playing?" So you then made a character that made the rest of the party completely irrelevant. What I did was I made. We didn't have a healer, as I recall. Uh, you you yes, were playing you, the tattooed guy. You could. Oh, Craig. But okay. no one bound his wounds, and all you needed was a healing roll to bind his wounds. So what I did was. I, my my mentality was okay. Is if, this a guilt trip? If I there, think so. I if, well, <laughs> later, well, it was it was never quantified because no one ever got it. No one ever understood why I did it. And the reason I did it was, if you want to walk away from my character, my next character, you're going to run from. 
Which and we had to, yeah, because he was a barbarian more than right? once in in its beginning. Not, not just it was a barbarian. barbarian. He was a barbarian. That well, he was a psycho frenzied, death machine, frenzied berserker, right. broken. I could, I yeah, take he him. was he was broken. You could tell. Well, him. now see, I'm staying on topic, but a side tangent of this, I it's a bit conspiratorial thinking to say that power gaming is fostered by the game companies because it gets you to buy more books because every book is better than the one that preceded it. That's true. Power they game. want you. Yeah, like 19 books down the line, suddenly you've got level one spells that are super badass compared to some of the third and fourth That's shit. essentially one-upsmanship. I think is spawned from the Magic the Gathering card game. Yeah, and, and you see this in all kinds of games. Like in 40K, they refer to it as Codex Creep. Every, every new a, uh, army comes out is better than the one that preceded it. Right. I have a question that runs off of this. All right, our current campaign, we rolled 3d6 down the line for Which stats. I love. Yes. I've been wanting to do that forever. I think that's more conducive to role-playing as opposed to the trend now in games is point-by systems. And I think point-by systems are more prone to power gaming. Because you can tailor well, make your Yeah, character. exactly right. Something that we had talked about before, the ultimate in uh gaming crunch which is hero system is total point by and you can totally tweak a character absolutely however you want to when you roll a character 3d6 straight down the line you end up with a rogue with seven decks and that's awesome what you end up doing is having to play within the parameters of that character you know my character has a seven decks yes and i said from the outset that i'm going to play a rogue well then i'm stuck actually i believe from the outset you said you were going to play a total bastard well that i say that every time that's right he's every proven time he plays a total he's bastard. proven it so far <laughs> uh, but yeah so i'm thinking to myself all right this guy's a rogue with a seven deck so I cannot be your average sneak around. Incorrect. Block. That no, is no, irrelevant no, no. in a few levels. Well, once once I start getting the skill points, I can start putting it into it. But I use that to help develop the personality. He's got a low wisdom, so he's susceptible to suggestion. Every time your character wants to throw dice and, and gamble, I've never backed down. And it's because he's got a low wisdom. I'm like, That's great. He falls for s***. That kind of helped build the character. If you've got a character with three eighteens, two seventeens, you know, whatever, and every character's like that, then you start to lose that personality. You know? And you have to you have to build the personality into well, the character. I, I think in that case you have to rely on your dungeon master to throw things at you and allow you to develop your character beyond your stats. Well, and one thing that I that I uh, Which is great for us to have Michael as our DM because he is the awesomest DM ever. Yes, you don't ass, ass, ass smoocher. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah, and and you then sacrifice uh, one live pizza to the dungeon master before right. every game. Well, you know. <laughs> well, it gets down to what kind of game do you play? Do you want to play a game where you influence the story or do you want to play a <laughs> combat simulation? Which is what 3.5 kind of dissolved into. Well, 4th edition is very much like that, oh, too. Definitely. Well, well yeah. they approached it from the very beginning as this is a combat simulation. I think another uh, wrinkle in role-playing versus power gaming is options. I think a vanilla character, like in uh, basic D&D, 1st edition, forces you into role-playing harder because a fighter is a fighter. You know, out of the book. I see what you're One saying. One fighter is the yeah. same as another fighter, right. so you have to role-play your way into distinction. Yeah. In third edition, they gave you so many options that, you know, if you're a power gamer, you're going to go for the builds, yeah. the prestige classes that give you the most power. Right. Fourth edition, I'm not really sure yet where that's at. I think right now, I think it's more on the vanilla end. 
Well, it, yeah. There, I'm playing a rogue, and I think a rogue is a rogue in fourth edition, so I've been role-playing my ass off. I think it looks that way to us now because this is the first time we've played fourth edition. True. Let's see, and, and when you bring up uh, uh, first edition fighter as a fighter, I remember many times my character was defined not by the fact that he was a fighter, but by what weapon he carried. Yes. You know, I'm, I'm going to play an all-pike fighter this time. I'm going to play a halberd fighter this time. When did you do that? I don't I'm know. just throwing that out there. Okay. You yes. know, because that would be cool. Well, that I, was in the solo sessions that you were not privy to. Yeah. Yes. I, was, I, I remember I did. I did a lot of solo sessions, so too, I, Paul. I, I, That's I right. Back a, then, power gaming was by maybe what weapon or magic weapon you had, and that was it. Right. I, I think the first instance of actual power gaming that we encountered would have been the second edition player's option. When you, when could, you could tweak your stats and everybody your stats had 18 and everything like that. And then uh, I remember playing a character who was a halberd fighter at the time. I tweaked him about as much as I could tweak him. It was fun, and we had a lot of good times. But I think my more memorable things is you don't remember the combats that you're in. You never remember no. the combats. No. You don't even remember the boss A dungeon battles. crawl is a dungeon crawl is a dungeon crawl. Yeah, you, 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 may may remember, remember, you may remember a boss fight. You remember how you get the job. But you remember a boss fight. You remember a boss fight when it's uh, Tomorass nine times. You don't remember the fights in, in what? The fights themselves aren't memorable. It's the other interactions. It's now, the, I mean, the conniving and the... I mean, if it's something that something strange happens, like Mike, you ran that one game where, and I always talk about it, where the guy broke my foot. I mean, that re- I remember that because I had to hobble around for days after that, and it, it was a major bummer. But you know, you remember that stuff. But I couldn't tell you some of the other fights that 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 character no. had. You remember your role playing moments, though. And that brings up another good point of role playing versus power gaming, and that's flaws. Power gaming characters don't have flaws. Well, yes, they do. They have flaws that are irrelevant. Right. Exactly. Yes. Yes. The, Role the, the playing, rage flaw and the you the, almost right. give yourself flaws. Just you're quadriplegic and you drive a for, car, but with your brain, <laughs> you know. Well, uh, I'll, that was power gamed yeah. because being a quadriplegic gave you more points. Right. Right. Built. But there was no actual negative to it because. Being a rigger, you could be. It's like being a quadriplegic right. Iron Man. Hey, you are a quadriplegic. I've never done that except mm-hmm. the one time. If you, right. you would have got <laughs> except the time when I did. A quadriplegic <laughs> street samurai would have. That would have been a flaw. That would have been. That would have been awesome. <laughs> Stephen Hawking <laughs> put my sword in my teeth, and his name is Matt. Matt. Want to talk about the the epic level characters that we had for a while? Those Actually, I would rather never talk about that. <laughs> it's because you didn't. Because you didn't. That's have the ultimate. One. Power game well, see, discussion. The thing is, though, eventually those those characters didn't start off as like, oh, let's make 20-level guys. Right. We started those guys small. Yes. Some of us had to bring in characters at the yes. level that happened through death or whatever. But those characters got built up to 38, 40th level. And it did get After, ridiculous. It, well, it, it got the right. stuff that we, we always talk about the epic campaign, though, because it's those all, characters were around for so long, and it got to be the interactions between those characters. Yes, yes. We, like, right. It, and, but that's, that was... The power gaming went to a point, and then we started role-playing. Right. And the, right, the role-playing role role was nothing. seeing how ridiculous you could get and how right. how insane and, like, right. oh, I'll have sex with a dragon. Yeah. Or so, at no point in time had that ever occurred to me. I would just like to point that was out. Was it my character? Right? That was that was that was Weedo doing that. Yes, yeah. it was Woodside. When Along with, Fido. if I remember correctly, suppository potions. If I remember correctly, <laughs> yes, that was mine. Yeah. Yes, that was yours. <laughs> suppository magic items takes up another slot. Right. Uh, yeah. That, brilliant. Yeah. Yes, that was a lich. By the way, I just like to qualify that they were gaming with a lich player character. Well, you know, a, a lich cannot drink a potion. 
This is true. Because its digestive tract has stopped. It has to be able to put it somewhere, so a suppository seems the next viable option. It's, it's obviously very logical disgusting. solution. <laughs> and that's role-playing. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, I, I, I... No, no, that's they insanity. They got it in morbid. With, yes. <laughs> well, especially, especially the, the few <laughs> other disgusting things that, that I did as a Like character. animating I, a dead dragon to see, give you a... It wasn't a dragon. It was a zombie. Just a regular human zombie. Oh, I thought it was a dragon. No. That would have been disgusting. <laughs> right. You're f- what are you talking about? You're filthy. Filthy mind. Necrophilia, okay. Bestiality necrophilia, no. That's where I draw the line. <laughs> I think we just lost some listeners. Ah, that's all right. They'll be yes, fine. but the ones we gained are golden. So basically what we're saying here is it's fine, but the problem you have is when you have a group where not everybody is on board with what type of a campaign you're playing. Is that the fault of – is that the, the player's fault or is that the GM's fault? I mean – Everything. Should, I mean, well, it's the GM's game to a point. But. I mean, should the, should the GM come out and say – I mean, we when we started the, the 3D6 straight down the line and, you know, we kind of we kind of evolved that game kind of spontaneously. Right, but, but that, that's because Mike refuses to port Greyhawk to 4th edition. Well, we I, had to exist in three five, which is a broken system. Can do what well, he wants. No, agreed. He agreed. He has. If he wanted to run first edition, you know, it's, it's we a, would do know, that. Yeah. So, uh, but the point is, if you're running a game and you come out up front and say, "I'm running this. This is how I want to do it," and you know, I, I want to be story based. I want to be this and that and this and that. And the player still makes a power game character. Then it's the player's fault. But if you don't set parameters and just say, we're going to play this, yeah, you're leaving the door open. You know? well, so, I don't think any of us are even remotely attempting to do any kind of power gaming. I mean, it's, with it's with low this? Level. Well, no. I mean, 3D down the line kind of kind of prevents that for a while. Yeah. We but, used to start uh, campaigns at fifth level because we wanted to skip over some of the... The weaker times to get right into which, some... Yes, which the dungeon crawl full of which, giant rats. Well, no. Yes. I think we all agree now that those are the formative levels and those are the fun ones. Yeah. Right. I, I haven't done that in a long time. That's right. That's why. Yeah. Yeah, for the most part, I remember yeah. starting like in fifth level. I mean, most whatever. characters, if we did attempt to start at first level, I don't remember those characters lasting for very long. They usually did. I mean, I remember one night we made some characters, and they were really low, low scored. I mean, we rolled three d six down the line. None of us rolled well at all. All these characters should have died at birth. But we <laughs> attempted to play them. Yeah, it, it worked out for a night, but that was about it. If my character now had been born a Spartan, he'd have been thrown on the rocks. <laughs> we can still do that, Mark. No, Brother Pickles lives. Brother on. Pickles lives Brother on. Brother Pickles lives on. <laughs> Uh, Father Pickles eventually. Then what are you going to do? Oh, my God. Uh, there is a, uh, for those who are interested in our campaign we got going on, we will have the link to it because so, Mike puts up. Uh, it, it's it's pretty interesting. It's not a hit by hit of what's going on. Right. It's a narrative. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a summary. Yeah. yeah. It's almost as if it's uh, like you're reading a newspaper report. Right. And, I, you know. And, I don't do dialogue or anything. Right. It's mostly, uh, right, like you're reading a, a newspaper clipping. The hits. Right. Yeah. This has been great. Um, I know that there's been some people wanting to know if we'd actually do actual play uh, podcasts, but I'm not really interested in doing that. Mm, so. Let's do it. The cables would get in the way of let's dice rolling. That's why you let Mike do all the dice rolling. That's for right. You, a la Abed. No. Abed's style was great. <laughs> we could play D&D at the table and Mike be the only one on the mic. Then I would definitely pay attention. Like the whole time. No, no that's, you that, would not. That would yes, not I would. No. no, you wouldn't. Because you'd be surfing your phone. And, no, I and would. That. No, I would not. I, I would be. I'd just be looking at Mike with my headphones on, <laughs> and that would freak him out. And nothing, <laughs> nothing would get done. Well, okay, Mike. Which have you preferred running? Because you've done which what power versus RP. Which ones it have depends. been most memorable to you? Most memorable. Right. They've all been Greyhawk. They must all bleed together. 
<laughs> they haven't all been Greyhawk. I think you have to no, find Mike, the middle ground. There comes a point where you got to have some kind of powerful characters. I, let's go. Let's go this route, okay? Most memorable RP moment. Most memorable RP moment. Uh, I would have to say first thing. The singular you. RP yeah, moment yeah. was when uh, Valkyrie was betrayed by his friend Andrade Mirius. Mother. And he found out he was actually a high priest of Nero. Mm. Okay, yeah. Should have seen that one coming. Dan, what's yours? Favorite? Uh, well, it's the first time I gamed with Eric. The first time I met Eric, uh, my little halfling thief met, I can't remember his name, I believe it was Mad Mordak, oh my God. who before every campaign he had to shave his horse yeah. and himself. That's because he had an irrational fear of lice. Lice well, that's a very lice don't attach fear. the horses. I tried to tell you that then. <laughs> yes, but no. That's that's it, my most that is memorable. Irrelevant. You're you're, right. try, you're trying to analyze the mind of a crazy man. Yes. Right. <laughs> you know. So I mean, he was crazy. He he shaved himself before every adventure, and his horse, and his horse. I mean, the, the shaving of himself, I can actually see as a you know that that could be beneficial if you're going out and wearing armor and you don't get to shower that often. That could be beneficial. Your horse, on the other hand, I think that no, that's just cruel. <laughs> yeah. Mark, what's your favorite? Uh, it would have to be when my Shadowrun Street Sam character, Fuzz, covered Scott's Shadowrun Mage character, sprayed him down with gasoline, lit him on fire so the bad guys would get him first. Oh, that's yes. Right. That's right. yes that was, uh... <laughs> I, I, as I recall, you they, they were coming to get him. You sprayed him with gasoline and then threw a white phosphorus grenade at him. Yes, I did. Yeah, I remember that. And then I lit a cigar off his uh, burning corpse. That's an epic death. <laughs> well, if you got to go. <laughs> Jason? The first thing that popped into my head, my favorite moment, Eric and I were playing, uh, each playing a wizard. We were also playing our other characters, which I was playing a halfling thief and a human wizard. Eric was playing an uh, elven wizard. You were also playing Grimborn Bane. We were in Ayus. I'm getting a little deep here, but we were trapped, basically. Ah, yes, yes, I remember. Uh, there was no way for us to teleport out, but the wizards had some other backup plan. We basically, we, uh, I think we, we rules lawyered it, so the wizards were able to escape, but our thief and our fighter had to stay behind. So the wizards handed their magical staffs to uh, your character, and I believe we were both naked, or I was naked. I, I, my character was my naked. characters generally end up naked. I, don't I, know. I do remember <laughs> my character was naked because I was winking the brown eye at one of the bad guys. Suck it more, I believe. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So uh, wizards teleport away, and you broke the staves over your Staff, knee in a retributive two, strike. And, two staffs of the Magi, yeah. yeah. I thought for sure that those characters were done, that they were toast, and we were ready to go out in a big bang. But Mike, of course, uh, made sure that that wasn't the case, which I was okay with that. That was cool. By the way, that's a great show title, Wink in the Brown Eye. <laughs> <laughs> i just like to point that out. Uh, this one will be, uh, yes, episode two, Wink in the Brown Eye. I, I like it. Okay. <laughs> I intentionally made myself last so I could try oh, sorry, think Eric. of stuff. Eric, what's your favorite role-playing moment? <laughs> yes. <laughs> of all of them that I actually played. Now, role-playing uh, role uh Now, Mike's was masters. a GM moment, so yours could That's be a GM, true. GM That's moment, true. too. That's true. Okay, well, then I'll, I'll do this. I have two. First one is uh, in Shadowrun. Always. Uh, I, well, Shadowrun was always, like, my game, so... Um, one of the players started contacting me through IM, yeah. and we and we were playing another game at the time. He was IMing me about his character, you know, trying to get some background stuff, and we ended up actually playing by IM. And it got to the point where I would show up on a Monday, and we'd have to resolve combat because he was actually doing, and the whole group was paranoid to begin with. So, well, they, it's Shadowrun. That's the name of the they game. They started getting really irritated at him. He was a Decker, and he had over Damian Knight. 
and they were flying in an airplane. It was like a, a commercial jet. So Damien Knight got his revenge by crashing the plane that Hazard was in. My favorite role-playing moment was going through that narrative and talking about how the movie started on the plane and all it was was just like a loop of airplanes crashing. Yep. And they, they weren't listening to the audio and they're like, what is this? So then they put on their headsets and they listen and the only audio was... Goodbye, Mr. Hazard. Goodbye, Mr. Hazard. And that's how he ended the session. <laughs> <laughs> and oh yeah, that was and that was uh, that was probably one of my my favorite uh, RP moments as a, as a game master. As a result of that, one of my favorite RP moments was later when uh, Greg tried to commit suicide with that character, yes, yes. and we wouldn't let him. Right. They, they had, they had, they had he had the a, gun in his mouth. We had to grab it and wrestle it away. Right. They, they, put, they put a Shadowrun character on suicide watch. <laughs> yeah, that, so now players... So this is your mess. You're going to fix it. <laughs> Player moment, I think it was... Uh, I was playing my a human wizard who... Uh, human. And he was human at the time. Yes. <laughs> uh, is this uh, pre or post nasty claw hand, whatever that were? It was pre, I believe. Okay. And we were investigating a murder of some sort. There was a priest of Trithereon, and he was uh, he was like head of this investigation, and he yes. was he was looking into us, thinking we did this. And I had spent a whole like end of a game session rationalizing why we weren't bad when we really were, and ended up convincing this guy that. The guy that hired us was the complete bastard, and that guy got arrested. So I, 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 remember, I remember that. Now. It was the Chewbacca defense, right? That's what it was. <laughs> it, it, it was a, uh, a role playing moment that was resolved without combat. Yeah, you yeah. actually, and I think it was even resolved without any kind of diplomacy role. You actually rationalized in Just in thus character, proving to the world that Eric is a sociopath. <laughs> yes. <laughs> What had we done that was so bad, though? I don't remember. Tritherion priests were after a uh, Bacalunish girl that was wanted. And you right. were harboring her, is all you were doing. Yeah. And in doing so, you were committing your own crimes in the meantime, while they were chasing you. The law the law was chasing you because you had the person they were after who was wrongly accused. Is that the girl that no ended up being Rary? No. <laughs> what am I thinking of? No. I don't know. Not Rary. The I don't know. Goddess of Fate or whatever it was. Uh, Istis? Uh, Istis? You're getting very steeped yeah, in gray hawkiness. Way off here. Yeah. Uh, another uh, role play moment. It's very small. Oh wait, um, we get more than one. Well, I'm just I'm just kind okay. of talking. No, now. you you only get one. <laughs> another okay. moment that I can remember is uh, there was a point where I took uh, I was rolling, running D and D and I took characters back in time to oh, an ancient yes. empire. My first game with Eric and I steeped it in a lot of Roman stuff. So I kind of convinced everybody to take on change their characters' names to kind of Roman names. And I remember <laughs> Greg was uh, Titus, and the, yes, kept the guy, the main bad guy, had a lisp, so he called uh, called Greg Titus. And it just it, you could just watch him squirm. So <laughs> Titus. So so what can we take away from this? For me, I remember role play moments more than actual dice rolls and, and and things like that. I mean, as exciting as a natural twenty can be. In game, do you really remember your big hits on a on a bad guy? Never. Well, it's, I think, it's I think like you remember the, your biggest fumbles probably more than. It, you it's the same with gambling. You know, it's like you know, compulsive gamblers. They they never remember the the big wins that they've got. They they always remember the time they completely busted out. As a flip side of that, though, some games you do remember the occasional fight. Something that comes to mind is uh, the Conan game builds into that, where you can call out a main bad guy. 
and oh, yes. do duel a one, the fates, yeah. duel the fates, where you actually just do a one on one. Those are those can be memorable. Oh yeah, unless you do them all the time, like Mark did, where he walks in a room and what? everything was like you. <laughs> it was like I, I had a really high con score, and I kept getting hurt. Power so, gaming. Power Duel of Fates worked <laughs> off of con score as opposed to hit points. Uh, <laughs> and I still died like nine times. The, the whole thing with that character is his wait, wait, magic wait, wait. sword was keeping him alive wait. against his oh, will. Okay. I was all right. Yes, it was a it was very much a, a Stormbringer kind of thing. That dude is a zombie now. I had a guy in the Conan game that died in a it was, it was he was being ba- yeah it was a bathhouse he he got stabbed to death by slave girls in a bathhouse <laughs> and as far as dying goes that's what a way to uh, go. that's tip top and that was my most memorable Conan character <laughs> yeah. so uh, any other role playing gems uh, to add to this uh, well, conversation I remember just going back to the the beginning of the conversation. I was, you know, talking about the power gaming versus uh, versus role play. Remembering that character that you took back in time. It was like our first game that you you ran for us when I first met you. Mm-hmm. I, I remember I, I made that character. He he started off as an elf priest of of uh, Ola Damara. You know, fell in love with like the the girl who worked at the bar, the brass bar. I even remember the name of the bar because that's a badass name for a bar. That's damn right, the brass bar. <laughs> Rolls right off brass and bore ball. I kept track of all the characters' injuries and uh, like like had I had scars and each scar had a story because he was also like he was multi glassed as a bard like that so like I still remember the characters. I got way more into that character than and that character and then the second character you ran Fuzz. Those are the first two characters that you ran for us. Those are the ones that I remember the most and those are the ones that I think I role played more than I was concerned with my my. Well, that that kind of brings up another topic in that uh, we've kind of gotten away from rooting our characters in their world. Jason, but that's because you know it's gotten to the point where if you give yourself a detailed background and you know a you reason be, for living, you can be with right. You can well, not only that, but you're almost certain to be dead by level two. <laughs> <laughs> it's like naming a horse; they're sure to die. <laughs> but then again, if you're painting a miniature for your guy, or or, or two right. miniatures for your guy, right. but but uh, by the same <laughs> to, on the flip side of that coin, though, if you leave your character without a lot of detail, then you're leaving it open for your dungeon master to do whatever he wants to you. Pretty much. You know I love that. Saying? I love that. I love the surprise. It was so, dangerously. Well, and, and, and the reason I say this is, you know, years ago, Jason made a character and had all kinds of back stuff for him, had, you know, a, a group of, of northern barbarian fighters. I mean, you really, really developed that character, and he ended up being one of your most, if not the most, memorable character that you can probably, you remember. Probably my most favorite character of all time. Yeah, yeah. and, and it, it's, you know, you played him for a long time, and you gave him history. Yeah. You know, and I think that's it's not something that happens by chance. If you give your character a decent history, you put him in his world. He doesn't exist in just a, a vacuum. And you know, you, you kind of the more you think about a character, the more you develop them. And I think that just goes hand in hand. Well, they definitely evolve too. Sorry, Mike. Go ahead. I was going to say I have another point that might add to that: adventure paths versus uh, open-ended games. The well, game we're doing right now, I would say, is sort of open-ended. I, I think I see what you're. As you're, opposed to, I can plan something new every week. Yeah. That's what I, you know. So that's why I so say I, sort. I didn't want to be slave to an adventure path. That's adventure paths, want. you start off on the track and then you're railroaded to the end, essentially. Right. And, and, and you, you don't have, to, have any time for your right. You have to tailor. Backstory. You have to tailor make your character for the adventure path, and I didn't like that very much. I mean, it was fun. Well, not to mention, adventure paths never take <laughs> one thing into consideration: the fact that you might fail. Or come up with a completely different idea. 
Or that you don't care. Indeed. <laughs> well, right. I, and I, I know one, That's why power gaming gets you that, through the adventure path faster. Yeah. yeah. Or that you're lied to at the beginning of the adventure path, and you make a character that ends up being completely irrelevant by like three <laughs> sessions <laughs> in. <laughs> what was that? Uh, the, it was the my sea savage, captain in Savage, savage Tide. Tide. Oh. Which, you know. I didn't run that, by the way. wrecked on the, like the third session, and there was no ship for the rest of the thing. <laughs> 17 <laughs> levels later. <laughs> I think that uh, well, I guess that would bring up a whole other topic. Would yeah, be, it is. Yeah, because that would be like homebrew adventures versus book adventures. Uh, and we could go into a whole. Well, yeah, we, we could do a whole session to on save that. that one because I got a lot to talk about it on that one yeah, for sure. So, um, I think we'll probably wrap it up there. See you next time on Gamers Table. Later. Yeah. Hasta. You have been listening to Gamers Table. Brought to you by Side Tangent Productions. Visit us at www.gamerstable.com. Products and intellectual property discussed during the recording of this podcast are the property of the respective owners. This production is for entertainment purposes only. Any commercial broadcast is prohibited without the express consent from Side Tangent Productions.